Good afternoon. It is Tuesday, April 27th, and you are listening to the Pat McAfee Show. Pat had to run out. He had some obligations to deal with this afternoon. Still got a great show for you. Trent Dilfer was on the show today. He was awesome. Stipe Miocic joins Pat and AJ Hawk. And we talk a little bit about the NFL draft. A reminder, the draft spectacular will be Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on youtube.com slash the pat mcafee show we got a couple great guests should be a good time uh and today's a good show let's get to it two days before lives will change franchises make massive decisions and our draft spectacular will begin at 7 30 eastern standard time yeah it's a lot of draft talk a lot of things are going on it is exciting times especially after yesterday's kyle shanahan and john lynch press conference in which that coveted number three overall draft choice and selection was talked about a plenty there's a lot that came out of that conference yesterday or press conference yesterday that was awesome and i think if you didn't listen to the entire press conference which I actually did after it was live. I, I saw all the clips, and I'm like, because we knew Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch had to speak to the press conference, and they announced it yesterday at 3.30. We would be live, but we knew that was going to be a tough play because the question of who's going at number three has been something that has become an absolute huge huge controversy among everybody that's outside the San Francisco 49ers organization. It feels like pundits everywhere are talking about who's better. There's quarterback coaches being judged. Who is, who's traveling to what pro day? Who makes an incompletion in shorts and a t-shirt in the middle of, of, of April that potentially is going to affect their entire lives going forward? What billion dollar operation is traveling to Birmingham, uh, Alabama? No. Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah. oh. Mm-hmm. sorry about that, Tuscaloosa. That's what I mean. But flying in there to see if a guy can make an off-balance throw to see if that's who they want. It has been insane talking about the number three overall pick. Zach Wilson, I guess, has been locked into the Jets, I guess. That is just something that we all know as a fact and we've come to know as a fact. But the 49ers, we had no idea why they want the three, who they liked at three. The speculation was massive at three. And they had to go sit at a press conference and answer questions in they did just that, by the way. They somehow found a way not to look like assholes, not to be combative, not bury Jimmy G, and not let anybody know what the fuck they're doing at number three. So it was an, an overall success, I would just say, uh, from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. They looked like they were a unit, a team, very much on the same page. They did not get shy uh, about talking about any of the situations that you would think they might get kind of uh, uh, like uh, tight-lipped about. Let's go through it a little bit here. Some of our favorite parts of the press conference, if you didn't get to hear it. Ty Schmidt's here. Boston Connors here. Zito's here. There's a poll out. Zito, can't wait to hear it. We missed it the other day because we do potentially think that the polls are bullshit. But (laughs) anyways, let's move forward here. So the first thing I found interesting in this John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan press conference as of yesterday, John Lynch lays out at the very beginning of it all the shit that they were able to accomplish during this COVID protocol football season. And by the way, whenever I think people judge them, like you went all the way up to three to do what? You're doing what? You were at 12. Why are you going to three? Is it for Mac Jones? A lot of people were saying. John Lynch led off this press conference with basically like, uh, Okay, let's uh, let's have a little bit of fucking respect <laughs> yeah. for the amount of work that went into this. Please play what John Lynch did and his staff did last season through this entire COVID year. Um, you know, tough year, a different year, a unique year with uh, the pandemic. Um, but in the face of that, um, 
We attended 176 games and practices despite COVID and travel restrictions this year. 176. Uh, we saw essentially every player of note that didn't opt out play live this fall. We had eyes on it. We took part in nearly 400 Zoom calls with schools, made countless calls and texts to gather background information. 400. Uh, interviewed nearly 600 players in person by phone or by Zoom. That's a collective effort of you know, myself and Kyle to uh, scouts, uh, to coaches doing those. I don't think uh, we I've covered 128 <laughs> separate pro days um, on our board. I think you guys always find it interesting. We have roughly 160 draftable players. Those are our grades. Only don't Everybody's got their own. <laughs> and then finally, I'll leave you, and then we can go to questions. Number of players we were permitted to officially give physicals was reduced from roughly 350 to 150. That's been a challenge, but again, outstanding effort by our trainers our doctors they've done extensive research on over 350 players so john lynch just said why don't you just fucking chill (laughs) calm down okay 128 pro days we won to 176 games or whatever we saw everybody we think by the way our estimation with the intensive research you just heard about we think there's about 160 guys we think are draftable or whatever oh we can only draft a a few 160 we think about we did physicals on 150 of them i assume so whenever we trade up we had a pretty good feeling in their feeling we learned through this press conference was that there was three great quarterbacks in this draft class that was their mindset if we get to three we know that there's at least three good draftable quarterbacks that we absolutely love through our research kyle shannon and literally said that in one of his answers. Yeah, I mean, I'll say, you know, when we made this decision, we we knew that there were there were five guys that we thought yeah. we felt that we'd be okay with taking. Wait, um, you know, we knew that there was three at the time exactly. That's why we thought three was okay. a good spot to go to. After going through this whole process, uh, I feel good about five guys at three. Um, yeah, we had a guy probably at first back then, but we knew that wasn't set in stone. And we knew the only way we could figure out a little bit more, especially when you can't work out, guys, you can't um, meet with these people. There's a lot of things you can't do this year. Um, the only way we could go off that is if we got closer to where we could do a little more in-depth thing that we didn't have to hide. And we did. And in that time, I think every candidate's gotten stronger. And, yeah, we probably started with one in mind, but um, that one's gotten better since, and so have all the other candidates. Okay. Um, so- okay. Okay. So, so he – in John Lynch, in the scouting staff and everybody, they did all that work, and they all came to the conclusion, like, hey, are we moving on from Jimmy G? Are we thinking about the future moving on from Jimmy G? And they had to have a real conversation. And I think they had to address that in his press conference as well. They said, if we're going to move on from Jimmy G, we think there's three great quarterbacks that there is in this class. Now, would that mean that Mac Jones is necessarily the one of the three? Or would that still mean that Justin Fields is probably in one of those three and that was who they actually traded up for? Or was there in-depth scouting in Fargo, North Dakota, and Trey Lance was potentially the number three overall, and then they got a chance to meet the other people? Or was Zach Wilson not even in their top three yeah. and they just realized that? So now, without giving any real answer, because we can dissect that, a thousand different ways yeah. there that he thought there was three because remember Justin Fields was number two for the longest time. Zach Wilson came out of nowhere. Mac Jones, how you doing? Trey Lance played twelve games. He's up there <laughs> yeah. somehow. So we don't really understand any of those things. But they addressed every question we could have, 
and also gave an answer without giving anything away. Fucking masterclass in a press conference. Unbelievable. We watched the entire thing. It was like that a lot. It was very much like, okay, how are they not going to fuck this up? How are they not going to, you know, either burn a bridge with somebody? And they actually talked about it. They They even answered and addressed Jimmy G, and they said, Jimmy G is actually here right now. If we can get to the clip about them talking about Jimmy G, you make them, it kind of... It makes me feel like they probably should have came out with this answer a long time ago yeah, yeah. because this would have changed the complete narrative, I think, around a lot of reasons of why they were doing what they were doing or whatever. And I assume it's it's an accurate one, but they actually said in a press conference, like, we're not listening to what anybody else is saying. So they probably didn't even know that there was a... I mean, I assume they imagined that there was a Jimmy G conversation happening, yeah. but they probably didn't feel as if they had to come out and protect their decision to go to three to get a quarterback when Jimmy G is potentially healthy again with an entire team. And then whenever you hear what what Kyle Shanahan said, it's like, oh, that makes some... Yeah, I, yeah, you would have to do that almost. Here's what Kyle had to say about why they think they have to move on or think about drafting a quarterback at three because of the current situation. The, the biggest thing with Jimmy is his injuries. It's been very tough for us when he's been hurt. And, um, you know, and it's happened two out of these three years. Um, and, and that's where it starts. And Jimmy knows that. I have been very upfront with him with everything. And, um, you know, we've been Zooming these last two weeks. I'm excited to get him in here coming up, especially when this draft's over. Um, but I feel very fortunate taking a rookie quarterback that we do have a guy like Jimmy um, that, you know, we didn't, we, 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 you know, we didn't sign a guy who's capable or has the history of being a starter right away. But we have a guy who every time he's been a starter, he's played at a high level. Um, so to have that with Jimmy while adding a rookie, a rookie quarterback gives us a lot of leeway into this. I'm not going to set anything. In- so there, that comes after he gave a quick soundbite answer of, is Jimmy G going to be on the team on Sunday? And he goes, I don't know if any of us are going to be alive on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, which was a pretty cool life motto, I'd assume, for Kyle Shanahan. Oh, yeah, I would yeah. assume he views life that way. But then he even went into a, an entire answer or whatever. And it was, it was fascinating because you see a lot of stats right now that if they were to trade or cut Jimmy G... They'd save themselves like $23.7 million or whatever. They'd be able to afford the entire draft class and yeah. also Julio Jones's contract. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. So, so like whenever, whenever internet, you know, whether they're investigators, uh, former scouts, uh, contract gurus, whatever, you know, there's a lot of things that live. The internet has a wide variety of experts. Whenever people start piecing that shit together, it makes you go like, Oh, they have to know that that they that the Niners have to know that then as well. Oh, yeah. right. Somebody on the internet is thinking this. The Niners got to know that as well, or maybe they don't. But once you see that that's a potential option, you're like, well, Jimmy G's got no chance. He's got to get traded. Then you think, well, where's Jimmy G going to get traded to? You start looking around. Then you have no idea because the Patriots are allegedly in conversations both with the Atlanta Falcons and the Panthers about trading up into the top ten. That's been reported by like five, six different people. Everybody assumes that's to go up and get Justin Fields in case he falls. Mm. But what if it's for Mac Jones in yeah. case Mac Jones falls at Boston Connor. The New England Patriots have completely revamped that entire fucking team. Who says that Bill Belichick won't be aggressive as hell on draft night, just like he was the first day of the tampering period this past free agency? Well, I say he has to. I, I assume that would be right on par with what he's been doing, right? Oh, yeah. It has to keep going that way. And, you know, Bob Kraft already said it. Like, I've seen a much different approach to our draft strategy this year. And every other year, we've traded back. So you got to assume the different approach is us trading up to go get a guy. Because, like, scientifically, what you're saying is 100% accurate on what Kraft said. Yeah. Kraft would not have been lying. 
Exactly. Kraft would be telling the truth, exact truth. I yeah. see much different, much different than going back would be going up. And if you're in, where's he at? 20? No. Uh, 15. 15. Who's at 20? Somebody's at I think the not. Bears are at 20. The yeah. Bears are at 20. Yeah, somehow the Bears are at 20. Yikes. What do you mean? Somehow the Bears don't have any ammo to get up here. Yeah. No, we have so, ammo. No, no, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have we ammo. have ammo. Yeah, you got a red rocket out That's there. That's right. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, but if, if the Patriots are to go up to four, I would assume they couldn't do that before the draft. No. That would have to be live while the Falcons pick is on the clock. Yeah. Imagine draft spectacular. Falcons are on the clock at four. There has been a trade. Oh, man. The New England Patriots have oh. traded up. Imagine Cleveland. Imagine the people in oh. Cleveland when I. Boo! Just the reaction during our draft spectacular if that happens. I mean, are they going to get a quarterback? Do they get Kyle Pitts? Oh, jeez. Because everybody's thinking they're trading up to get a quarterback, obviously, because you would go up to four to get a quarterback normally, especially if Kyle Shanahan, who I think is a pretty well respected you know, quarterback mind in the NFL, he's like, hey, there's five. He was very. Five, there's five guys we think are in the NFL right now. Now, is he playing poker there in saying that to keep his thing? Does he really think two are not going to work out in the NFL and he's still only sold on three? He's just doing it to continue to create leverage for himself because he even said in the interview at the end of it, he said, you know, and in the NFL, you can't give anything away for four days. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's just not what you do. So maybe he doesn't think there's five. But if by a lot of people's account that there's five players that can play quarterback, you would think people would be trading into the top five then obviously to get a quarterback because quarterback the most important position and a rookie quarterback's most cheapest uh most cheapest you nailed it oh, yeah. <laughs> the cheapest most important position uh, a yeah. rookie quarterback so maybe that's what bill's doing but if he gets kyle pitts and you got uh you got hunter henry yep kyle pitts and yanu Janu. Janu smith smith hmm. what are they this reinventing football? Oh, yeah. Like, he can run read option up and down the entire field until they stack the box, and then you just chuck it deep. The screens? <laughs> the screens yeah, that could happen out ridiculous. of that? Out of the backfield? Imagine them trotting on the field. Everybody talks about how when uh, Taysom Hill comes on the field, nobody knows what set it is. Yeah. Nobody knows what defense to put on the field. Imagine those three motherfuckers just jogging on the field. The defense would have no idea what they are. Are we going goal line? Like, what, yeah. no what is it? Are we going, are we going nickel because they can all run four fours? Or what are we? They would have no idea in that would be such a Bill Belichick thing to do. Be like, uh, I'm going to reinvent football. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah, everybody wants to do a tight end. This is what I would do. So I don't think anybody has a clue what could happen. And I think that is why the, the conversations have heated up so much. Because it is, I feel like it's a real crapshoot. And I think there's a big part of general managers and head coaches and people involved that know that it's a crapshoot as well. Yeah. Like I think GM, we all expect GMs and coaches to always get it right because the amount of work they put in, they're being paid to get it right. I think they very much understand amongst their circles that, hey, listen, you, you got to get really fucking lucky in this draft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what's going to make somebody go and what's going to make somebody potentially stink. You don't know if somebody's drive is going to be more than anybody else's once they get a paycheck for the first time in their life. You also don't know if that paycheck for the first time in their entire life is going to send somebody the opposite direction. Maybe something will happen in between the ears uh, off the field. that have You have no clue what it's going to be for somebody going from college to the NFL. I think that is... One of the most difficult things to in, you know, just get in the ballpark, I think, of predicting because it's such a head game. I've seen so many people come in the locker room that were maybe the most athletic people I've ever seen. Uh, maybe, you know, can, can make incredible plays that you've never seen anybody else make. But then if they can't do that every single day and get better every single day competing against the greats of all time, like it's like you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking great football players 
that stink in the NFL because the NFL is an all-star game of the all-star games at all times Mm -hmm. with every generation before you. They're all-stars still playing in the game. It is not an easy thing to make it. And uh, all these GMs and coaches know, like, we're kind of fucked if we mess this up, but it's a very difficult thing to predict at this point. Well, and that's why trading up to four is so awesome because you know, no matter what, hey, Kyle Pitts is going to be a great player. So if you know you don't want the – or if the Niners take the quarterback that you want at three, hell, you have a fallback with Kyle Pitts, who's basically a guaranteed all-pro at this point. Everybody <laughs> out there, everybody out there says Bill's trading up to get a quarterback. Yeah. I just don't know. Like at four – is, is he trading up to four? Maybe if it's Justin Fields or Matt yeah. Jones or who knows. But any of them, I guess, if Kyle Shanahan said Trey Lance. Maybe he, loves, Lance yeah. maybe he loves Trey Lance. Who knows who he loves? But if everybody's saying Kyle Pitts is the lock to be the all-pro out of this draft class, it's like how do you not just potentially take an, a, a future all-pro that you know you're going to get? It's There's so many different fascinating ways to look at this draft, and it feels like there's – the go and get it route, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna we're gonna give everything. Like, for instance, Julio Jones right now is a hundred percent, hundred percent up for being traded from the Atlanta Falcons. There was a conversation during the season last year about whenever the head coach got fired and the GM got fired, it was like, oh, Matt Ryan and Julio got to get traded because their contracts are so big. Let's rebuild this thing. Then uh, Arthur uh, Blank. Yeah, Arthur Blank comes out and says, whatever the new GM or coach wants to do, that's good for the team they can do. It's like, okay, they're definitely getting traded. Then new GM and new head coach come in, they're like, no, we're not trading, actually. Why would you trade Julio Jones? Why would you trade Matt Ryan? Now that they're staring down cap problems, just 1,000% cap problems, the general manager did an interview with Fox 5 Atlanta and basically locked in the fact that they're, they, hey, listen, people are calling for Julio. We we got to figure this out. And I'll let him say it himself. Just on Monday, Sports Illustrated, NFL Network, Peter King, Steve Weiss, who works with the Falcons team website, all reported that there are increasing talks about a trade for Julio Jones. Is that something that's being talked about more here at Flowery Branch? Well, that's one of those things that when you're doing things the right way in an organization, you have to listen if people call. So on any player, and especially we are in a difficult cap situation. That's that's just a circumstance, and it's not a surprise for us. We knew the circumstance we are in. Our administration has done an excellent job up to this point, getting us in position to be able to manage the cap, and yet we still have more work to do. So when teams call about any players, then we have to listen, and we have to weigh it, and we have to determine what's best for the organization, and we have to handle everything with class. Obviously, that particular player, we hold him in high regard, and he's special what he's done and what he continues to do here. But we have to consider any players if it's right uh, for the team because we have to do what's best for this organization. All right, so there is Terry, and I was just trying to – how do I pronounce Terry this? Terry Fontenot. Fontenot? Yeah. Man. I was going straight font not. I, I was trying to <laughs> yeah. think of how to phonetically text. Yeah, it yeah, so yeah. yeah. Sure. While he was speaking, I was like, "How do I pronounce old buddy's last name?" Anyways, Terry, GM Terry, down there. Mm-hmm. He basically said, yeah, "We are going to field calls. It would be irresponsible if we didn't because we do have salary cap issues." But the thought of Julio Jones going to some teams is just one that I am. Um, why the fuck isn't anybody just doing that right <laughs> yeah. now? Get him on the phone now. Get, get then allegedly there has been you know some people that have floated what it would potentially cost to get julio jones alongside his 15 million dollar contract i believe that's coming with him um if you think back randy moss was traded for for a fourth round draft pick mm. and he was still randy moss by yeah. the way yeah. it wasn't this was not like randy moss 
is potentially fishing and hanging out and doing ESPN and just playing on Sundays, Randy Moss, who I still think, by the way, would, yes. would, yes. would still fucking crush. Catch 10 touchdowns. I, this year, I think Randy Moss could go and play and figure out how to score and, and do it. Like, that's how much respect I have for Randy Moss. So when he got traded to New England for a fourth-round draft pick, I remember putting out a tweet, and I forget what it said exactly, but it was almost like, like this is why Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick. People questioned me inside the building for why I put over Bill Belichick so much. I'm like, Randy Moss is a fourth-round pick? Yeah. And they were like trying to school me on how football works and assets and value and all this shit. I'm like, it's Randy fucking Moss, dude. Yeah. Like, what are we... If you can get Randy Moss in here, what's a fourth-rounder? Okay, Austin Collie. Love Austin Collie. Okay, Lo- absolutely love Austin Collie. He's a stud or whatever. And I'm happy we got Austin Collie with our fourth-rounders, or with our fourth-round pick. But let's go back through all the fourth rounders and see hey th- was there a fucking randy moss in there if there was may- let's okay maybe there'll be another one you know but if there wasn't let's assume it's going to be tough to find a randy moss in next year's fourth round or whatever year fourth round you gave up so you know what i call that that's a win yeah that, that would be yeah that would be you know p and l i believe uh, profits and loss right. of course risk assessment you know whenever you're doing L. if you're getting something that is better than what you're you're giving up I feel like in your particular side, it's like, that's a win. They're like, well, then you're not thinking long-term. It's like, well, how long? How, yeah. uh, how long are we expecting a Randy Moss to show up? Is, is that person going to show up at Randy Moss when year eight, year nine, when Randy's potentially on ESPN or whatever? Or how's this other? I just have a very different mindset, I think, than a lot of people. For instance, if it's a fourth-rounder to get Julio Jones, I would, I would walk to Chris Ballard's office, and I'd say, Chris, I can no longer publicly support you. Yeah, sorry. I can't do it. I can't. I just. I can't, I can't do it. I just say I'm. It's over. I've, I've been very thankful for everything that you have done. Obviously, for the city of Indianapolis, for this show, you've been a very nice guy. I will say, hey, Chris. Okay, go Colts. Congratulations. Yeah, great work, Chris. But if Julio Jones ends up getting traded for like a fourth round pick somewhere, there's going to be a lot of teams that are like, what the? What, how did we miss out on this conversation? Packers will be one of yeah. them. I'd assume. I'd assume the Patriots even would be like, who would it be? Who, every, if he gets traded for something like a fourth rounder like Randy Moss was, which was absurd in my mind but did not get talked about, I assume there's going to be a lot of fans that are like, what are we fucking doing around here? And by the way, those fans, you need to know that the people that are going to tell you you're wrong are saying you're not thinking about the long term. Well, just tell the people to do the math on how many fucking Lombardis you get in 10 years versus in the next two years, if you can possibly get it. it it's basically going to be the same unless you're the New England Patriots. That's just, that's just how the whole game works. Yep. You said it earlier before the show. Oh, you want a fourth-round pick? I'll give you two. I'll give you two. You want two? Actually, <laughs> yeah. fuck, I'll give you three. Yeah. You know, if you can get Julio Jones, and it just – I said – I asked yesterday if you thought that it would be a while. With this coming out, it almost seems like like he might get traded on draft night. Oh, it'd be electric. Oh, he, it'd be it might happen. Fine. Sure as hell won't be to the Packers, but, you know. <laughs> People go through many changes as we get older. Isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that – Testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. In the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where they can get you. 
It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, well, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, maca, and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com slash USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank, Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Join us now. Um, I assume somebody that knows more about Doug Flutie than <laughs> yeah. us, if I had to guess. Uh, head coach of the Lipscomb Academy down in Nashville, Tennessee. Super Bowl champion, former NFL quarterback, which means he was also, guess what, former college quarterback. Oh. That's right. And high school, I would assume, even. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Trent. Thanks for having me, buddy. More flute. You can't go wrong with the flute. Hey, Doug Flutie, you, you know him? Good guy? Great guy. Great guy, incredible athlete, and uh, really could do, be good at anything. And I agree, he does look like a good tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I I'm happy so. we had a, we had an accurate read with you there. The um, I, the reason why I texted you last night out of nowhere is because I saw the forty nine thousand dollar donation, and I didn't know about this foundation, so I kind of felt like a stooge because we never talked about it. So I wanted to talk about that. Your connection, obviously, to the Niners, and then move into some quarterback talk if you don't mind but let's talk about the foundation first that was uh i mean it was very cool with the niners obviously but i felt like an absolute dumbass not knowing about it trent well i appreciate pat and because i never intended to do some media push for it that was never the goal we i connected with this company give game at a north uh northern california and during covid you know nobody no foundation charities could do galas and golf tournaments and other fundraising events so they created this cool little way where uh, fan bases can interact through, for lack of a better term, prop betting on big events. So they do it for The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, oh. re- you know, all reality TV shows, the Kentucky Derby, they did it for March Madness. Well, I connected with them and they never done anything around the draft. So I said, well, people are super engaged in the draft. It's the ultimate reality TV show uh, for the sport fan, uh, for the football fan, excuse me. So why don't we launch the foundation around the draft? So for those who don't know the story, uh, we lost our son 18 years ago today. Today's the 18th anniversary of it. He was five and a half years old. He died, uh, ironically, of a virus uh, that had attacked his heart. About one of a million attack a young person's heart. Uh, and he was on life, su- life support for 40 days and we had to turn off life support. So we've done things for the past 18 years, kind of honoring him and his memory. But my wife, 
uh, now that we're kind of implanted in, in middle Tennessee, wanted to kind of gain momentum, create a foundation around him and really do some good. So the, the mission of the foundation is to, to unite young people around the ball. Let's unify young people through a ball and uh, reach out to distressed communities. Uh, we built this beautiful stadium here last year, Lipscomb Academy. We're trying to give away uh, for free 600 hours of field time uh, to different uh, community activities. So boys and girls clubs, track clubs, mini football clubs, girls soccer, whatever it is. A lot of the areas around Middle Tennessee have lost their field space. They've lost their leagues due to COVID. Why not come to our great place, um, be able to get their kids playing sports, bring them, bring them around kids they didn't grow up with, uh, teach them that a ball can bring people together. And so we launched it around the draft and that's what it all was about. And then John called me the other night. He had seen something on my Instagram or Twitter. I hadn't talked to him about it. He was really excited about it. And uh, then they surprised me with the donation yesterday, the 49ers. So I uh, really humbled. I've, I've known Jed for a long time, played, played there for two years. And uh, John's been a you know teammate, great friend, was in the hospital with us. John and Linda were in the hospital with us and <sighs> at Stanford when Trevin was in the hospital. Uh, and then Kyle's become a good friend over the years. In fact, bought our home in Northern California from us when he became the head coach there. And then we retired in Austin. So a lot of stuff going on, but that's kind of what we're doing. Well, obviously, so sorry to hear about that. It can't be easy to talk about any time, so I appreciate you doing so. And pumped that you're taking something and making you know the world a better place because of it. So Trent, let's go! Trent! That's awesome, dude! Okay, that's awesome. I wish we could have added Dilford Dimes in there somewhere, but I, yeah. I do like, you know, I like the fact. So I appreciate um, I appreciate you doing this, making the community a better place, man. It's not easy to do, and I'm thankful you're doing it. Let's talk about some of these uh, quarterbacks that are going into the NFL right now. So Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, they did a press conference yesterday. You obviously have great relationships with them, uh, have lived in the same house as the head coach. They had a great press conference yesterday it was a master class i thought they were potentially setting themselves up for disaster because there was a lot of questions obviously revolving around the number three overall pick why did they trade all the way up there who is it for this is dumb this is and what's going to go on with jimmy g they answered everything and i i was really impressed by the way they seem like united over there how do you see this whole thing panning out and do you believe them when they said they thought there was only three originally but now they believe there's five do you think they really believe that there's five good quarterbacks that can potentially be nfl guys or do you think they're already sold in that was just kind of a poker play by them all right so full transparency my conversation with john the other night we never talked about the quarterback stuff smart Uh, by the way I, i think our friendship trumps the football thing i personally don't care who they take i think whichever quarterback goes number three ends up being the best quarterback of this draft because of kyle his staff the organizational structure so i'll say that whoever they take i believe will end up probably being the best of the group because the support they're going to have especially i mean kyle kyle's a guru he's a he's a master in getting the most out of the quarterback uh, whether the kid has Hall of Fame talent or whether he's a journeyman. journeyman. So um, saying that, I do believe they think all five guys have the potential to be really good pros. I think there, there's different reasons to fall in love with the different guys. They all do something kind of unique uh, that differentiates them. I do believe Trevor Lawrence is your big-time number one pick. It's kind of in the books that he's going to Jacksonville. I know that they feel highly about 
uh, Trevor, pretty much everybody does. It's hard to find yeah. something wrong with him. Uh, the Jets, uh, I think, to a fault, have been too honest about uh, their love affair with Zach Wilson. Uh, so I think everybody kind of knows that he's going to the Jets at two. Now, the other three, I honestly believe that there are teams, including the 49ers, that see them equally. They see them as equal prospects depending on how they're brought in, how they're raised, what people are around them, what system they run, yada, yada, yada. So saying all that, I think all all five have a chance of being really good. Unfortunately, two, history says two of them are going to go to crappy situations and they're not going to be, be developed properly or there's going to be coach turnover or the organization is not going to be run properly and they're going to have a second team in four to six years and probably not fulfill their potential. So that obviously we talked to Sanchez about this. I think every quarterback we speak to has this very similar mindset. It's like, hey, a lot of talent, a lot of guys. But if you get into a situation as a quarterback in a building that stinks, you're going to stink. Like that's just hey, that's just how this is going to be. You you're not going to have the greatest opportunity for success as others would. Now, I'm not going to say that you you have to take away from great quarterbacks with that whole thing, but I feel like that is a very common narrative amongst quarterbacks. It's like, hey, it's going to take a lot to win long term, and I feel like that's why the older quarterbacks talking to younger quarterbacks and telling them to be patient and just understand, like, hey, there's some shit you're going to have to go through potentially here is such a big deal. Does it feel like almost agents will then tell their guys, like, hey, we're hoping you go three because that team that situation is real for success like do you think the guys know that or they just as young guys are just pumped to go anywhere and they feel like they're gonna be able to turn every place around Uh, all the four outside of trevor are begging to go to the 49ers at three there's not one of those agents that doesn't know uh all the (laughs) kids are real enough to understand Uh, all four of those kids want to go three to san francisco i mean it is the golden goose for quarterbacks right now that they you know they're already a good roster they have talented players um they have future hall of famer and george kittle they've developed young wide receivers they have a stable of running backs anybody that plays running back for kyle shanahan is going to be successful they have monsters on defense uh hey, hold on, gonna, Trent. you have a chance to be really successful hey that's real though the defense is very good as well yeah. i mean they just got somebody a head coaching gig or whatever they had covid last year and injuries and they got kicked out of their stadium at one point i mean it is it is not a team that should be where they are now granted they had to move to get there but this is i bet you there's a lot of quarterbacks that want in the first five picks or whatever that are looking at this situation and been like are you kidding me could you <laughs> yeah. imagine if we like andrew luck for instance we had that year where Peyton obviously um, has a broken neck, Curtis Painter, Kerry Collins, shout out, and uh, Dan Orlovsky comes in and tries to lose us the the first overall pick by winning games there late. But (laughs) that team, there was vets around. There was equipment managers. There was athletic trainers that have been around. The the entire building almost, most of the key parts that you're going to be around had won before. And now, granted, Andrew Luck took us to a – he won us a lot of games that we shouldn't have won. But it felt like that was an okay opportunity to land at because at least the organization knows how to win. There's a lot of places. Jacksonville has had a top 10 pick in every single draft since 2008. Except for one, I guess. Yeah. And they have not gotten it right once. It's like, will Urban Meyer change that? 
Maybe. Hopefully, Trevor Lawrence does that. But with the way you talk about Shanahan and his offense and say uh, every running back is going to be good and Shanahan can make any quarterback good, do you think that's almost like uh, a gift and a curse for Shanahan to be like, I can make anybody good? Do you think he knows that? And is that a gift and a curse? One thing I really appreciate about Kyle is that he he's supremely confident but not arrogant. Okay. And I think that you know it's one of the reasons why I've gravitated over the years to uh, relationship with him and respecting him more was you find a lot of these these great offensive coaches in the NFL that they become arrogant and they have that mentality well I can make anybody good so just give me anybody uh, Kyle I think has a healthy appreciation for talent and for the intangibles that certain players bring and he knows he's going to provide an environment for that player to thrive and if that player is willing to do the extra stuff I call it the lonely work the stuff you're not celebrated for then that's going to be a really good marriage. You know, that's going to be a nice combination of a guy that knows he can give them the best stuff and a player that's going to receive the best stuff and go to work on his own. All our Russell Wilson, right? I mean, it must be a treat to coach a Russell Wilson, a Peyton Manning, uh, Andrew Luck. I can go on and on. These guys, they're going to be very coachable and they're going to appreciate the person that's giving them the information to help them and their team succeed. But then they're also going to go off on their own and you know, grind in the off season and, and not just jump on yachts in March and go vacation for the whole month. They're going to, you know, be honing Shots. their crafts. So it's a big deal. I think that a coach that has that perspective paired with the right player, you're looking at that's how Hall of Fame players are built. Ah, man. And, and by the way, Russell Wilson's starting to show us a little bit more and more on why he is who he is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's got the Batman or the Bane mask on yeah, on huh? the Peloton, Trent. Oh, yeah. On the Peloton over there. It's pretty incredible. Connor, what do you have? Yeah, Trent, we're putting mock drafts together over here. Uh, between Mac Jones... And you guys take him serious, right? I mean, this is... Your, oh, your yeah. show takes these mock oh, drafts man. very serious. Hey, $10,000 to charity up for grabs uh, between me and A.J. About. Hawk on our mock drafts. And listen, I'm locked in. I've been watching film all night. Tell him. <laughs> oh, yeah. You've been watching too much film. <laughs> oh, too much the... film. Yeah. That's why you have those glasses on. Your yeah, eyes are eyes just a little bit low. Yeah, and I'm like, what? <laughs> the blue screen. I'm like, these college kids can really play. Yeah. That's, that's what right. I'm saying. These kids can really play. Who knows? Who knows if they can handle the NFL, but these guys can really play. Hell right, yeah. Connor? But between uh, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, do you think any of those guys actually fall? out of the top 10 or because teams you know need quarterbacks that they'll get t- taken between you know teams trading up or whatever hey they're talking about a potential mac jones free fall if he's not going at three they're yeah. like well he might go to the panthers maybe but not panthers maybe he'll go 24 maybe the Steelers. like they're already trying to predict those reality tv moments do you see any of that or do you think everybody's going to try to go get their quarterback with these guys I now one. I'm not very good at this. You would not want me helping you with your mock draft. But my opinion, what are you here for, Trent? The quarterbacks. Okay, sorry, let you down. But no, I don't think these quarterbacks are going out of the ten. I think that you'll see somebody jump in late if there is a is there's a slight fall by a Fields or a Jones or a Lance. I think the Lance thing's really interesting. A month ago. Uh, I could see him going 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there because there's a question, just his lack of reps, right? His lack of opportunities being the quarterback. But his teams have gotten to know him uh, through virtual visits, uh, his workouts, just the more exposure he's had, you start piecing it all together and realize that this is a unique talent. This is a great kid. This is a guy that you give the right uh, nurturing early on in his 
in his career, and, and you're looking at a really high ceiling. I think Mac Jones, the more you study and the more you fall in love with him. Like, I, I didn't study Mac early on. I was studying Trey, Justin, Trevor, uh, Zach. I was watching Mac because I was doing an Alabama study. So for my job uh. here, Sark and I were talking. I was just doing some Alabama film work. And quickly that turned into a Mac Jones study because it was so impressive watching him operate that offense. I think he played the position. He operated the position better than the other four. Uh, I think he plays the position at the highest level uh, right now. Now, I think you it's a really healthy discussion that goes on in war rooms. Is it how well you play it right now? Is there how well you can play it three, four, five years from now? And again, we won't know that for three, four, or five years, but those are those are healthy discussions that are going on right now. So I think you're watching all this film and you're saying, oh my gosh, it's all five of these guys. You can wrap your brain around being pro bowlers and taking your team to the playoffs. I think what's really interesting, how the boys look this up, Joey gave me this, is look up these names on final mock drafts. Okay. Jimmy Clausen. Geno Smith, okay. oh, Matt man. Barkley. How <laughs> this one, Ryan Nassib. Remember Ooh, the Gruden Syrac- interview and Syrac- the Gruden grade on him? Like yeah. Ryan Nassib was skyrocketing late <laughs> on Mark's mock draft. Johnny Manziel, Paxton Lynch. Get the graphic. Ooh. Right, Paxton Lynch was this freak athlete, 6'7 kid that could rip fire. Connor Cook, Drew Locke. Like, wait, I, you know, this thing is, it's, it's the ultimate reality TV, right? I mean, as soon as the Super Bowl was over, any smart show, you guys started talking about quarterbacks, free agent quarterbacks, drama with quarterbacks, and then you transition into draftable quarterbacks. It's the ultimate reality TV. And as they climb and fall on these mock drafts, it just gets more and more clicks and and more and more eyeballs. So it's a fascinating thing that goes on late here, especially this week. Well, we're not doing anything for clicks. We're trying to cover the sport the way it's supposed to be covered. You understand that. Amen. Amen. uh, But look at this. We put this graphic together. Shout out uh, Dirty Gertie there. So from 2010 to 2020, first-round quarterbacks. So this is where they're drafted. Now let's go to the next graphic. That's who's still at the team that they were drafted to. Okay. Oh, that's fantastic. Is it? I mean, that is, that's legit. It's a crapshoot. It's a complete crapshoot. You have no idea. I, I don't know how anybody does any judgment. The Mac Jones photographic memory thing that you put out, I believe, in an interview, I think it came from your brain. Was that from your conversations with Sarkeesian? And how important is that? Because I feel like when we talked to Aaron Rodgers, he told us that he was able to recall a defense from his second year playing or something like that this past season on what he saw he was like oh i remember this and like did something differently is recall that is that why mac jones has skyrocketed other than he's incredibly accurate but is it the brain thing you think for sure yeah i think there's two things that don't get talked enough about and that's why i love when aaron does the show because he takes you kind of aaron is a savant right both as a player but as a thinker so he can take you kind of behind the curtain and give everybody kind of this graduate level way of looking at the position yep you have to have enough of the physical stuff and there's definitely that's important so i never minimize the talent the ability to pass the ability to move your joint structure for durability your tough those things are all important but then there's two key components that don't get talked enough about recall which you just talked about and then awareness so awareness can kind of be the football iq piece of it but it can also be kind of just the awareness of 
situations, the game, the flow, temperament of your team, just that CEO mentality, you have an awareness of everything that's around you. So I think recall, the ability to recall information is massively important. You find very few quarterbacks that are successful for long periods of time or play for a long period of time that don't have elite recall. You find a lot of journeymen, and I'll use some friends of mine. I'll put myself in that category. Then your Dan Orlowski's, your Sage Rosenfels, your Fitz. I mean, you know that you know the list, right? The guys that play twelve to eighteen years that are really good players. They have stints of good play, then they don't play so well. They're backups and they're starters. You know the list. All those guys have ridiculous recall. We're all able to sit in a room and remember a defense that was run on a third and four in the third quarter towards the end of the third quarter because it was getting this way. We're going that way. I can remember it was a rainy day. I remember the, the, the safety was tilting a little bit towards the hash and the backside safety was cheating down. You know, and you remember these things and that you ha- it happens to your brain all the time. So it's not just a one-off. It's your brain works that way all the time. So, yeah, as it relates to Mac Jones, that's massively important. And you can see it when you start watching the film. You can see a play-action concept that's called to the left, and they have a switch release, and they're trying to hit a shot to Devontae Smith. The coverage changed at the last second, and his eyes, boom, backside to his check down, running a shallow route that gets him 32 yards. But if he didn't get to it right away it wouldn't have got 32 yards. The defense would have reacted. So you see a lot of that when you watch Mac Jones play. So that's why I call it the, he operates at the position uh, better than the rest. Yeah, and I would assume that film study by people is like exactly what you did where you're looking at Devontae maybe or, or Waddle, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, a, this is – hey, Sark, what was this concept? Why, <laughs> why did this happen the way it is? And then Sark was running an NFL-type offense, it felt like, with all the motions and everything. You have to be a very smart quarterback to see the motion, see what the defense gives you. And he was just picking apart – normally college defenses are terrible to begin with, but once you add a couple like graduate-level concepts, in there he was just picking it apart and I assume that's what everybody is falling in love with Ty what do you have Trent if you were the quarterback on a team that is very clearly in a Super Bowl window and you were coming off an MVP season and it seems like the organization is kind of spiting you and shitting on you on every turn of the corner like at what point would you maybe insert yourself and be like hey it's time to to do a little more for me I, I mean I see what's going on in Kansas City I see what's going on you know in Tampa Bay Maybe you do a little bit more for me and let's let's get over the hump. Like, at what point would you do that? It's a tough one because with all the eyeballs on you these days, uh, with every conversation that you have tends to get leaked, uh, you got to be pretty strategic uh, and political with your approach. Uh, obviously, I think everybody knows who you're talking about. Uh, hey, I, I think it becomes, a, it becomes an <laughs> offline conversation. It becomes, a, hey, let me take you to dinner. Let's talk through some things. Uh, here's my concerns. Here's how I'm, I think uh, it's like with your, with your, uh, marriage, at least my marriage, I can't criticize or have to say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Oh, and you better help me understand what's going on. Oh, okay. And I think you have to have that relationship with your GM head coach, where if your quarterback, a, that happens to be in a cold weather city, that's a historical franchise mm-hmm. that you may get with your peeps offline and be like, hey, this is how this is making me feel. I'm watching all this stuff go around, right? I, there's Julio. the perception that other teams are Give working harder to win a world championship than us. 
can you give me kind of a global outline of what we're doing to help me win another one in this short window of time? I think that's a really good communication style that you may get more uh, you, you may get more bang for your buck if you approach it that way instead of launching through your agent, hey, we're not trying hard, they're wasting my window, yada yada yada. By the way, what a way to feather that. That's yeah. great. The way you just feathered that in there was like, I hey, listen. I want to explain what you guys are seeing. Listen, I, I have faith in you guys. You guys just need to tell me what we're thinking because everybody else is talking. Now, listen, I've seen it. I know. But a lot of people are saying, like, Julio's available. Like, yeah. you had Julio here with Devontae and Aaron Jones and Big Bob Tanyan and in the sauce. We could be really good. But I understand you guys have a vision. What is it? Just so I, yes. That is such a good way to balance. That's life, by the way, Trent. You said your marriage. But that's like... That's like business, too. There's yeah. there's a lot of things you got to do that in. We have to get to a break. I can't thank you enough for joining us. Every time you come on, I absolutely love it. You've completely shit the bed in helping me get my mock draft right, which yeah. is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate the hell out of you, ladies and gentlemen. Trent Tiff. Yeah. Hammer Don boys have joined us in the studio. Boston Connors here, Ty Schmidt here, Zito still looking incredible, obviously, Zeet. And joining us via satellite, AJ Hawk. AJ, we're normally a sports show and the draft is happening in two days from now. But did you see what Levitard just did? That's fucking great news for everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no idea what happened just now. First things first. Massive congratulations to the Dan Lebetard show. Yeah, yeah. Here's all Poppy. It is not easy to go independent and continue to be a profitable business. Obviously, they proved they were that and then some. DraftKings just made a $50 million investment, I guess, or a deal to license the show. Uh, so can fucking shout out. Shout out. Massive congrats. Obviously, we are a FanDuel show, a much better app and much more convenient and more odds and, and better odds and, mm -hmm. and more bets and everything like that. Yep. But with that being said, incredible work by Dan Levitard and their team over there. Very, 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 very happy for them. Oh, I mean, that's amazing what they're able to do. Like, he's able to break off on his own and get a deal like that. Where Now, where will people watch and listen to this? Not 100% sure. I think it, the deal said just podcasts or whatever, but I assume what is didn't he start a Didn't he start a production company with Skipper? Yeah, Meadowlark Media, but I assume that all their podcasts will probably be DraftKings podcasts. I don't know. More and more information, will I assume, will roll out, but uh, I am... I'm incredibly impressed that they were able to make the transition so seamlessly. That's great work by them. Uh, and also, that is that is fantastic teamwork being done by Dan Lebetard there. And I am, uh, he doesn't even know it. We're not even on the same team. No. <laughs> but I, I am very, very thankful for, for what Dan Lebetard just did. Anyways, let's move along here. Draft Spectacular Thursday, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. AJ, you got a haircut. Is that, uh, did you get a haircut a little bit earlier so it could potentially grow out for the Derby if it's a bad haircut? Ooh. Or is this always what you do? No, it was just time, man. My oh. like the sides of my hair grow really, really fast, so I have to get there every two weeks. And what do you do? You just say buzz it right to the top. Yeah, so just take a one, take a one up to the top, and let the top roll. You don't need to trim any usually. So you have the opposite of like what most bald people have, right? 
Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I shave it. Yeah, okay. That works. Yeah, because, you know, like the scallop, like Hulk yeah, Hogan yeah, has. Yeah, the reverse. Larry AJ David. has the reverse. <laughs> yeah. Larry David, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly. So, how long have you let that thing grow? Have you let that thing go? I know Connor was trying to do this for a while. Oh, yeah. oh, it's not an easy go. look to pull off, by the way. How long will you let that thing go? Maybe we're going to let that thing float down a mullet, maybe? Oh, yes. You with a mullet would be awesome. Please. You got to do it, AJ. You got to do it. Please. Do I have to do it? No, I, I, trim, I trim the top. I, I could, I've had it long enough where I could pull it up like in a little top knot, but no, it's not like that anymore. Okay, so when I had long hair, I used to do the top knot as well. Much different than the man bun, which a lot of people I think get confused. But man, I missed it. When my hair was that long, the fact that I didn't stop at mullet before cutting it all the way, maybe top five biggest mistake I've ever made to be honest because I'm never going to get the patience to get back yeah, to that yeah, I'm tough. never I'm never going to be there again I knew I was never going to do it again I knew it I had a great run with it I loved it should have cut it for court probably but I loved it <laughs> I absolutely loved where it was and the fact that I didn't my hair was middle of my back I mean Damn. curly it was my <laughs> mullet could have been what could have fucking been dude Damn it. I missed it. Don't miss it, AJ. You need to make dude, that happen. You can make it happen again. I mean, you have that awesome curly like hair. Like oh, I dude, can never do that. Like, mine, just bring it back, Pat. I can't. <laughs> oh. I can't. I'm on TV every week now. I can't do it. My middle stages are so bad. It's brutal. So, so, start, so bad. Start wearing a, uh, what has Nick Cannon been wearing for a couple years? Start okay. wearing one of those. I don't know if I could just do that. All right. I don't know if that's something. Dude, wear a bandana. I mean, it Good. is. Good. Ah. I could be your. That's your character, man. You're gonna be wearing weird head things. You're the goofy hat guy. Hey, they want Pat to be Pat, okay? And I was a bandana guy there for a little bit. I had a tight, tight roll here. You know, oh, I did that whole thing, and it was middle stage area is where I was. Yeah. But guys, I'm trying to be. Okay, a little bit respectful to the fucking commentator table. Okay. Yeah, but can you imagine oh. if you had, you like whipped your head to the side and you just had to look at Cole and you just had a long flowing bullet? Oh, imagine me hitting Cole with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Takes too much time. Too much time. And what I'm saying, AJ, is I hope you get that done. Are you excited for the Derby? Have you been studying these ponies, AJ? Are you getting your uh, cigars in bundles yeah, ready bingo. and your horse knowledge ready to go? Are you preparing for this Derby trip, AJ? No, the, the horse knowledge, I, I like to pick uh, pick that up day of. Actually, when I can get my eyes on the horses and see what I can do. Smart, and just uh, yeah, just bet off my instincts. I've been I've been grinding away, Pat, all night and all morning on my mock draft, man, so I don't even know like, what's going on. The oh, uh, by the way, about sure. that. <laughs> sure. About that. I hope you didn't grind away past pick 10. <laughs> did, you, did you go past pick 10? Uh, no. Why? Okay, goodness. Phew. <laughs> I did, by the way. I got to 21. So yeah. I had 11 yeah. wasted yeah. draft pick study halls film sessions uh -huh. I didn't need. FanDuel's doing this top 10 mock thing. Uh, and you just fill in the names. They handle the scoring. There's no trade conversation. You don't even need to know the team. Basically, we have a setup scoring system already ready for us. And they're just going to make us a private tab that we can go to, you and I. And uh, they'll do the scoring, and it'll just be a top 10 pick thing. It's very easily regulated. There's a half point. I think there's another point. There's two points, I think. There's an entire system to it. And they're like, uh, you know, we could just do that for you if you want for the top 10. I'm like, awesome. So it's not a public thing, it's a private thing. And I think we're gonna, I think it should be called the uh, the 10K Top 10 Pat Hawk Mock. Ooh! <laughs> like that. Yeah. Mock it in. The 10K, the 10K Top 10 Pat Hawk Mock. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. So 10K up for grabs both 
uh, to the viewers at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Somewhere in the comments, we'll figure out how to give away the $10,000 and then $10,000 to charity as well. So maybe it's the 20K yeah. top oh. 10 Pat Hawk mock. Yep. Sounds good to Nailed me. It. Okay. Hey, the fact that it's only the top 10 picks, that favors you a bunch. No, I was in the weeds, pal. Yeah. You, you have no idea. You, you, you I would have loved it. it would, no, because I know you. If one of the boys didn't fill your, your mock out for you, Whoa. after about pick 12, you get bored and trail off. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, circle him. Circle that guy, whatever. <laughs> wow. And that's when I can really gain on you and I can get those points to, to win the 20K. I will say your observations from afar are noted because uh, the first ever mock draft I did, we did just print out a couple other mock drafts <laughs> yes. and just started saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, switch those two around. That is exactly. That was the first time though. That was when I, I didn't go deep into the Fargo, North Dakota film studies. Right and call the cafes around town to see who's actually been there for extended amount of time, okay? Maybe maybe back then I wasn't as prepared as I am now, AJ, and that's what you're getting wrong. And that's why $20,000, $10,000 to the viewers, $10,000 to a charity of my choice, of my choice, of yeah. is leaving your bank account. That's very large, so you won't even notice, much like Bezos, but it will be coming out of your pocket, pal, because I've been studying over here. I, I can't wait. Top 10, like, it, I would... I would guess we're not going to have similar after the after the top two picks. I would imagine we're going to differ. Oh, I want to I want to see oh. what direction you go. Are you putting Justin Fields at three or Mac Jones? Who? Mike, Mac Jones. Mike oh. Parsons. I may put uh, Zach Wilson at one. I don't know. There's no guarantees. Well, well, don't do that. that hey, listen, I'm trying to be a friend now. Yeah. I know we're in competition here or whatever, but also <laughs> I feel like we're a friend. That would be a bad decision. Trevor Lawrence already has the playbook for Jacksonville. Yeah. I'm just telling you, you, you never know. Like you, all of this stuff going around, floating around that we're reading, we're reporting on, that's garbage. So guess what? Everything I say is garbage too. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Julio Jones, 100% on the trade block. The GM Terry Fontenot. That's right. Terry Fontenot came out on Fox 5 Atlanta. They're on your side yesterday and said, with Julio Jones, there has been calls. It'd be irresponsible of us not to answer calls, especially because of our salary cap issue that we're in and every phone calls being answered or whatever. This comes after a line of, they stink, coach gets fired, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, both owed a lot of money, both very good, probably going to have to rebuild, so let's go ahead and trade them. Let's get them traded. I thought that was the end of the season. Arthur Blank comes out and says, yep, they're tradable. If you want to trade them, new GM, you do what you got to do. New GM, new head coach, go, nah, nah, nah. We're going to hang on to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. You don't get rid of those types of guys. Then they looked at the salary cap. Now they're like, fuck, got to get rid of <laughs> Got to get rid of Julio Jones. And if somebody wants Matt Ryan, we'll potentially answer that call too. Uh, allegedly, I'm not 100% sure. But Julio Jones on trade block. Why is he not an Indianapolis Colt or a Green Bay Packer yesterday, A.J. Hawk? Well, I, I just... The question is, what does Atlanta need for him? What are they asking for Julio? You have wow. to pick up his contract, but you, what do you have? Like, is this going to be two first rounders? You think? I have no idea, but There's I no do- way, not this late. Like, I mean, Brett no Favre way. got traded for a third rounder. Well, so did Randy Moss. Yeah, Julio's younger than they were, right? When they got traded. Yeah, and Julio was just like Randy. Like, hey, Randy's. 
Yeah, Randy's Randy Moss. Like, yeah. Whenever people go up and, you know, get they Randy, they Moss them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and players actually say, as it's happening, people are saying, like, that's who. Ever. Julio Jones, always when people are like, uh, aside from Julio, aside from Julio. Anytime you can get somebody that's a, an aside from when it comes to ranking everybody else, that's, that's, okay, that's a guy. Get that guy. Yeah. I'd assume that is a guy. Well, and we heard the the speculation of the report that it might only take, you know, a second and a fourth or a second and a fifth. And now, granted, that could be complete horseshit. To be clear, COVID Cowboy was potentially on a bullshit pony while yeah, he wrote right. with that particular source. <laughs> Diggs is the one that let that one into the universe this morning. And did you find it or no? No, I did not find it. I could have swore I saw that last night, uh-huh. though. I mean, Hopkins went for a second in a – fourth and a throwaway running back, I think. Yeah, and Hopkins, by the way, another guy immediately changes your team. Now, Julio, though. Julio makes you... What if Arizona? Yeah. Uh-huh. Arizona's Not been geez. making so many... Speaking of Nuke... What bringing, if, bringing all the old school great wide receivers. Hey, that's what... That's what <laughs> Tampa's doing? Yeah. Bringing mm-hmm. in all the old school everything. Come on. You guys are still worth a lot to us down That's here. That's right. We hey, love you down come here. Come on in. Hopkins, A.J. Green, Fitzgerald, and Julio. Just the, the greatest wide receivers of the 2010s. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. And then get J.J. Watt on the other yeah, side. Yeah. Hey, let's go ahead and do this thing. This is Pop 2K, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Any team would love to have Julio Jones, though. I don't know what's – when it comes out what it is, though, to what you were talking about there, there's going to be a lot of teams that are probably like – we could have we couldn't have given that up like that i think that's going to happen with this Julio thing well and to dig's credit like he said what he he heard there was a second and a fourth it's definitely much closer to that than what i said with well, what two first rounders like that's not that's not it's not going to take that to get Julio but i don't know like maybe a second and a fourth I mean, is there a player involved is there any good players you can think of including in this well they're salary cap strapped so i assume they're trying to get as young as possible if they were to trade so it would have to be a younger player uh that would wouldn't be as much it may be i don't know it's just it's i and you and i are on the same page i think for a lot of things but for this i think if you're a gm of a team and they say it's going to take two second round picks to get julio jones you doing that instantly Bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i if they said i would like a two and a four and uh, some young player or whatever, I'd be like, how about two twos and a third, pal? How about that? <laughs> Is that good? Just, just get me that. I, like, I, that's probably why I wouldn't be the best negotiator in there. But it's like, you can get Julio Jones. Wait, it's, it's Julio fucking Jones, Don't the Ravens make a lot of sense to you, too? Like... Yeah, they were looking for a quarter or for a wide receiver. They got Sammy Watkins. They've been trying. Yeah. They try to get Juju. They try to get Ty. They try to get in the game. Yeah, I mean the Ravens would have. And by the way, Julio can. Julio has a pretty big catch radius. Yeah, you could say he has a pretty yeah. large catch radius. So, I, like for any people that think, oh, Lamar's not a great quarterback, it's like. I bet you Lamar immediately becomes a great fucking quarterback in everybody's eyes if Julio Jones is a wide receiver he gets to throw to. Just like Stephon Diggs helped out Josh Allen immensely, especially in a deep ball thing. It's like maybe there has to be some other parts of this whole thing that you have to keep in mind when you're judging everything. They have the cap space, too. I was looking. They have $16 million in cap space. Oh, no. Yikes. That AFC North is going to be hot in the kitchen. AJ, if that's the case, it'd be awesome. Hey, what about the Niners? Reunite them with Shanahan. Yeah. Well, they said there was uh, the internet came out and told us which I assume San Francisco 49ers personnel also saw that if they were to cut or trade Jimmy Garoppolo 
uh, they would be able to pay for all their draft people. And, oh, Spotrack, shout out Spotrack, yep. sports shout contract, out. and also afford Julio Jones. So <laughs> interesting. It's just like. <laughs> Once you see that, it's like, Jimmy, I, I know that they have a lot of respect and appreciation for you. Love you, Jimmy. This is going to be tough. Um, I think this could be a tough thing to stare down if you're Kyle Shanahan, especially with the relationship he and John Lynch And have. their draft pool just went down as far as what they had to pay because they just traded a pick away to the Think fact. about how good Mac Jones could be if he's thrown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kittle is legitimately 30 Debo. teams who are out there and, like, hey, we would love Julio Jones on our team. Oh, man. Seems like people are just going to wait and wait and wait, and then the Chiefs are going to end up getting <laughs> somehow. Or Tampa. Yeah, or Tampa. Don't let it happen. No, or, or, Bill or the Belichick. Packers. The yeah. Packers could let tie. that happen. The Packers. We both know AJ. that's not going to happen, AJ. Nope. Why are you doing that to Ty? There's yeah. no reason to do that to listen, Ty. Listen, I agree. Hey, l- listen, we'll send you all seven next year. You want them? <laughs> Fuck them. Take them. All right? Just bring Julio to town. It's not going to happen, but it's uh, it's, fun to, it's fun to dream. Ty, uh, as an owner of the Green Bay Packers, and AJ, as a legend of the Green Bay Packers, I would like to get your guys' um, takes. Uh, Ty, we'll start with you, obviously, as the owner of the team, as opposed to Lousy linebackers. But, um, AJ, you did not deserve that. <laughs> that was very rude of me, but I'm excited. I'll be okay. To, okay, all right, good. Ty, Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback for the foreseeable future. Okay? What does that mean? When Gunther Kuhn says that yesterday, what are your immediate reactions to that? Because the literal definition of foreseeable future is like 20 years or something yeah. like that yeah, i assume that is not exactly how you and a lot of packers fans took that no because it was still kind of just like non-committal i mean you know like you see the the clip it's like i mean i don't know with everything that's happened it seems like same deal it's like you're just poking the bear like foreseeable future we love this guy hey listen he's still under contract for three years you know we're not getting rid of him I mean, it just seems like disingenuous almost but you know i do have an axe to grind uh so i mean that could that could play a part but no i just i mean i I didn't love it you know i you you assume that yeah he's not going anywhere but it also didn't seem like you know it's like hey he's our guy we're putting everything we got behind him because we know you know his window doesn't last for the next 10 years like it's it's right now we need to do whatever we got to do to to get this thing done aj your thoughts on the foreseeable future thing it just sounds like you're giving a no answer basically and it's because foreseeable future you know because there's different ways you can describe that you know he's ind- indefinitely is a word yeah. you could use uh-huh. which is kind of a negative connotation so there i feel like there was real meetings on how we describe this thing going into this press conference your thoughts on this aj well that's funny you said i was that was the exact question i was going to ask like how many people do you think were in the room and how long did it take before they agreed on saying foreseeable like there probably was multiple different options thrown out there by the way i'm pumped that that was your immediate thought as well because because <laughs> that that had to be a planned that is a planned answer there they knew that was coming aj yeah and all their by doing this it's just saying hey like we're still basically taking it year-to-year contract with Aaron like this obviously is not what he would want he would love to have some kind of extension so yeah they haven't worked that out yet and they're saying well here we are I guess it's going to be like a one-year prove it over and over again let me try to get a sports Emmy real quick um what the Packers said there was basically hey we're punting this question to the next time (laughs) clip it we're punting it Okay, <laughs> we'll kick that? it on the other side of the break with Stipe Miocic. Oh, here we yeah. go. We'll have a little hang time. Oh, <laughs> I felt pretty good. good. Thank you. You're good, man. Thank you. Should.
you should be with Seacrest or something. You could do those. That, Thank you. Like, big time stuff. These are all canned lines I've been asked to read about four to five hundred times. Punting. People really ask you that or say that you got to use the punting stuff. Don't punt on air conditioning this Hell. summer, dude. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, that one was a go-to. Fourth and long was another one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, it might be fourth and long in the basement or something. <laughs> All right, I'm, nice. not, I'm not doing it. I'm so sorry. I can't. All right, good luck. And then Overton would get in there and they would type up some long snapping one and Overton would do it or whatever. And then Vinatieri would tell Overton, why'd you do that? And then Overton felt like, well, I can't do any of these anymore. It was just a real, it was a real situation, you know, with those old school executives that probably, probably do do the voting on the sports enemies. Yeah, yeah, probably. But that's why you just won one. Yeah, because they didn't listen to the rest after the clip that we no, said, no. which was just that one part yeah, about hang time. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ, this guy's good. Clear some space. Kind of <laughs> teed it up. You know? yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. I kicked it out of the ballpark. <laughs> Home run. Touchdown. Do you think that do your hand gestures, you think those give you you know more favorability with the judges or the, the voters? Yeah, I think it really yeah. sells it. You know what I mean? Yeah, just don't put your hands up. Do the part one again. Which one? I don't know. The one where I kicked it out of the ballpark. <laughs> no, the, the first one. I don't remember. To be honest, the vitamins hit very hard there in the last four <laughs> to five minutes. We interrupt the show to ask you an important question. Are you looking for the perfect gift for mom or another loved one? Listen, every year I don't know what to get my mom for Mother's Day. You know, do I want to do the same thing? Hey, here's flowers. Here's a gift card. But, um, you know, I, I just want to find something that brings joy to my mom and i decided to do mother's day a little bit early this year so i got her a skylight frame and she's loving it and so is the rest of the family nowadays staying in touch with those we love is more important than ever everyone knows that and the easiest way to do it is with skylight a photo frame you can email photos to anytime from anywhere it's a great way to feel close to those you love even when you're far away anyone in the family can send photos to the frame so it's a great way to keep family members in touch It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds, and even the least tech savvy can use it. It looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent a photo. And this is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift, or surprise them with photos they didn't even know you had. You can tap the heart button and it will let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame interactive and fun to use. Listen, I love this thing because it is so easy to use. My mom's not a big tech person. She hardly ever checks her phone and I don't get home that often. So it's nice knowing that I can set this down and she can still think of me and navigate it easily while I'm away from home. I mean, it's so simple that she could set it up effortlessly. And listen, the customers love Skylight too. One Facebook review said, this gives my mom a little glimpse of us every day. And then when we talk on the phone, she can talk to the boys about the pictures we sent. Now, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code McAfee. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight frame, just go to skylightframe.com dot com and enter code McAfee. That's S K Y L I G H T F R A M E dot com code McAfee. My mom loves this thing and I think yours will too. Back to the show. We're being joined now by a man 
who has been deemed the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. Woo! Heavyweight, he's a big son bitch. Yeah. Greatest fighter of all time means he can beat up every human that has ever walked the earth if he had to. Mm -hmm. If in a bar, no problem. In a street, no problem. Greatest heavyweight fighter of all time, ladies and gentlemen, Stipe Miocic. Yeah! Hey, boy, Stipe, how you doing, pal? Good. Yeah, didn't go good a couple weeks ago, but you know, thanks for the. Uh, you know, Are you talking good about good stuff, you know, greatest? Yeah, it happened. It's life. Hey, man, you know what though? It's pretty cool to see you uh, kind of answer that and respond to that. It, it, that's something, obviously. That's worst case scenario whenever you get in there, but you have to know that that's potentially going to happen every time you fight, right? That is that is something you that is just very understood whenever you sign up to do that thing. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I uh, I hate losing more than anyone. I'm probably the most competitive person you ever meet. And it burns, you know. I'm still butthurt about it. Um, you know, I just uh, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's part of the game. You know, and just I lost, you know, and you got to swallow my pride and get back on the horse. Hey, Stipe, I think because you guys have such less opportunities to compete because of the way the sport is, you don't get it. Everybody kind of highlights an L a lot more than everywhere else. AJ and I almost won completely defeated in a season. Now, granted, <laughs> I was a very small part of that team, a very, very small part of every team, but that team also. But there is, you know, everybody catches an L. Excited to see what you do next. Let's talk about Cleveland, Stipe. Hey, Cleveland hosting the draft. We got 50,000 people going out there in the team actually doesn't stink anymore. It's got to be electrifying over there in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cleveland's a great place. I mean, people think that, but when they come here, they, they do like it. Um, yeah, I'm actually going on Saturday, so I'm pretty excited uh, to go check everything out. And you know, I love, I'm so happy that we get to get cool things like that happen here and be part of it. Hey, what's it feel like it, being a Cleveland fan right now? I, I know I grew up in Ohio. I've known, like, I was, I grew up a, a Browns fan for a long time and Bengals. What? Sure. A lot of people will not let you be Bengals and Browns fans, but guess what? I like players on both teams, so deal with oh, it. Oh, okay. Hey. Even you, But Steve what's it feel like now, though? <laughs> Steve, being, you guys have a winner, someone that you feel like can truly contend for the Super Bowl. What does it feel like around Cleveland? I mean, it just, it's, it's, honestly, it's kind of weird. It's like probably the first year in a very long time where we're not excited, as, as excited about the drafts because we're not like one of the top three picks. <laughs> Usually it's you know uh, you know we were usually right in the beginning, but you know we're further down, which is kind of weird, but also a good thing. He's doing something right, and uh, you know uh, they're they're doing a lot of good things during the off season. I you know we got a couple of great DBs from the from the Rams. You know we got Clowney. I mean just uh, they're they're doing good things, man. I'm just it's good to see that uh, you know we're, we're moving forward. You went to the game last year, I think, uh, the primetime game, and you said there was – I forget how many people were limited there, but do the Browns know you're a diehard Browns fan? It feels like that's something, if I was the Browns, I would want potentially on our sideline is the uh, the greatest heavyweight fighter of all – hey, by the way, if anything pops off, look who the fuck is right over – Like yeah, I feel like yeah, that is yeah. something the Browns would want. Do you have a relationship with the Browns? Yeah, you know, I've gone to practices before, and I've gone to games and stuff like that. Um you know, I don't know if they want me on the sidelines. I usually wear a big, huge bronze blaze with helmets all over it. So it's kind of <laughs> very, not, yeah. Oh, so you're a, you're like diehard Browns fan, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the one year I, uh, I don't forget, I wore that. I, I've cut off button-up shirt underneath that with a Browns tie. And then uh, I have like these uh, bright orange Converse Chuck Taylor's high tops, so I don't mess around. Okay. let's. It's awesome that I'm happy, by the way, because we always said the dog pond – you know, it was always loyal. 
the, the Browns fans were always loyal. And those teams stunk. I mean, they, they yeah. left town once. I mean, they came back and they just continued to stink. We played against the Browns late in the year, and there was zero hope for playoffs for the Browns. And that place filled up cold as hell. Now that there's a winner there and everything like that, I think we're all very excited for the potential of the dog pound to maybe get some national spotlight because Bill's Mafia is obviously incredible and everything like that. Wait till the dog pound gets on national TV a little bit. It is an impressive group. Uh, Stipe, you're getting into podcasting. I think you're streaming now. What are we doing? Are we fighting fires and taking on new jobs as well? Yeah, you know, I stay busy. I'll, I want everyone to hear my beautiful voice and, you know, my sweet hair. So, you know, just, uh, what I do. You know, I, you know, I always want to do a podcast. You know, when, uh, if you listen to it, been in four years in the making and finally did it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I've always streamed. I always love video games just because it kind of get my mind off of fighting and other things. So I just, uh, so when I stream and just get, you know, it's another way, another avenue to talk to the fans and stuff like that. You know, it's it's fun. It's it's great too, and you get trolls on there too. It's fun. Have you gotten back into have Have we gone back into the gym? Is that something you will always do? Like after you lost there, how long did you take off? Was there an off season at all? Did you ha- did you feel like you had to get back in there? And are you currently still training? Oh uh, no, I'm just relaxing right now, just enjoying myself. My wife's pregnant. Uh, hey, okay, hey, 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 let's go. I should have played hockey. I slipped one other pass pass the goal. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I'm a boy. Got but, uh, stick no, but, uh, yeah, so we got a baby boy coming in uh, end of August, so pretty excited. Okay, that's awesome, man. Uh, go ahead, AJ. Uh, what is that? So what are your – do you have future plans right now, like in, in the next three to six months of what you want to do in the UFC? Yeah, I want to get back – I want to get back what's mine. Let's go! Yeah! You're, you're bulking, right? Aren't you, get, aren't you gaining some weight? Yeah, I'm trying to. You know, bulking season is something really- as much as I can, and uh, you know, just to big and strong. I'd be like you. How much weight do you have to gain? What do we got? To, what are we going? I'm out of the loop no, here. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get it to like 250. And that is for you're going to instead of light heavyweight. That's uh, uh, like jumbo. No, I'm always, I'm always I'm always been heavyweight. I just made 230 last time, not because I tried, just because from training. But uh, I'm really gonna stick to like really trying to gain a little bit of weight and just get a little bit more mass. Did you feel small? No, I mean I felt good. It's just. Uh, you know, I think 20 pounds will help. You know, I think, uh, you know, I feel a lot stronger. And, you know, and, uh, you know, he's a big dude. You know, <laughs> there's no question about it. Yeah, you said if I, okay, it's all coming back to me now. Your post. I remember your post. Okay, the post. All right, all right. So you said you had a plan in there and it was working, you thought. And you kind of just uh, either got lazy or got caught or whatever happened in that. Was the plan like, hey, this guy is unbelievably tough. He is an absolute monster, but I feel like if we get him in the deeper waters a little bit, we'll be okay. Was that an actual plan and a mindset going in there? Because I I, I remember the post that you I think it was on Instagram. I think yeah. it was that was that yeah. what you were alluding to there? Yeah, I mean I felt good. You know, the first round, and, you know, I gave him the first round. I wasn't worried. You know, he's usually stronger in the first round, and uh, you know I felt I kind of felt him gassing a little bit, but you know he was still good. But I was like, okay, we still have four more rounds to go, and then I hit him with that right hand, and I just. Uh, I hesitated for a split second. You call me that hook. You know what are you gonna do? Okay, so is that why you got thinner though? Is that why you got thinner a little bit? Is that why the, you got smaller because the conditioning, the cardio was a little bit more because you wanted to potentially make it a long haul fight? No, no, because I know beach season's coming up, so I want to make. It- <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Okay, awesome. Hey, Stepe, what are no, you? I'm sure you're getting- I know. Oh, sorry. Oh my! I know people are bugging you, but it's. I think with you, the the Paul brothers, uh, Jake and Logan, are are somewhat around the Cleveland area where they grew up, right? Like, what do uh, what do you make of their stuff? And also, I know you have a boxing background. 
you want to, uh, once you're done with the UFC, beat up on some, uh, maybe some YouTube boxers? Yeah, listen, dude, if it's a good payday, I'm in. You know I, mean? <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean, listen, like, you know, it's cool. It's, it's different, you know, a different, I guess, aspect that people want to see. But sometimes you're going to bite off more than you can chew. And, you know, it's uh, that's, that's going to be a bad day for you. But, uh, okay. yeah. Listen, they're making their money, but uh, I just... Yeah, it is what it is. Okay, let's talk about the money. Let's talk about the money because Jake Paul came out, obviously, and he went to the fight. Him and DC had their moment, and he had an entire arena chanting his name, which, I mean, fuck is in front of there, but his name was still being chanted. But then he sent out a message. Doing something right. Yeah, and then Ben Askren talked about how much money he made in that, and then Jake Paul put out a, the message about the money being made in there. And then, obviously, there's the John Jones potential drama that's happening behind the scenes. Are you? Do you just try to stay out of that? What? Like, how does that whole... Because business is the root of everything. You, I assume you would fight people for fun. I, I I do assume you would do that if you if there's potential, you know, maybe something to be had, fulfillment to be felt there. But I feel like the business side of this of the UFC is getting talked about a lot right now. And you're somebody that's been around for a long time with the UFC. Do you have thoughts on all of that? And how do you think it ends up playing out? You know, I don't, I don't know. That's why I have a management team. Let them deal with that. I'm just the guy that goes in the gym and works out. And I don't even deal with that. I just because it's just that's the things I don't understand, like contracts and things like that. Just. There's so many different things, but, you know, of course, you know, more money, the better, you know, I think, you know, we get paid more, it'd be great. But, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I can't complain though. I'm happy. I have a beautiful house, you know, I have money for my family to take care of them. So I can't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not ungrateful. I'm very grateful. So I just, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, he's, he's got to win. That's the game. Go ahead, AJ. I'm like, for sure it was you, Pat. No, no, no. I apologize. No. <laughs> hey, Steve, on your podcast, do you have guests? Like, are you talking to other fighters or like, what is it, what is it? I guess, what are you going to do on there? Well, we, we pretty much talk about, like, uh, you know, just pop culture, uh, what's going on in the world, conspiracy theories. It's kind of nothing oh, really. Oh, 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 oh. Let's hear about it. What's What was what the, uh, what conspiracy theory are we cooking on now? Obviously, the aliens, very real. There's another sighting oh, yeah, just the other yeah. day, very real. What are you cooking on? I mean, yeah, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think, like, the Denver airport. That's yes. like an alien. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Too big. You Why is mean, it so big? Uh, what's going they're, on? They're, like, combining <laughs> the humans and monkeys together now. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? Sasquatch? Uh, I mean, I mean, Squatch. Yeah, you didn't see that? Yeah. Come on now. Whoa. We're squatching? <laughs> oh, that's the pod. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I've got to give it away. I appreciate that. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, you mentioned pop culture, Stipe, so i got to ask, did you see Mortal Kombat, and do you think that you'll uh, put your name up to get into the yes. next movie? Uh, I've not seen it yet. Actually, I should get it because I actually – Got HBO. I only went the week free because of King Kong Godzilla, and I forgot to discontinue it. So I've been paying monthly now. But yeah, I would love to. I mean, I would love to love to be like part of something like that. You know, actually, uh, I got to be part of. Like, you ever see Tacoma FD? The guys from Super Troopers. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on doing. I'm on their show uh, in October. I'm on one of their episodes. Do you just knock somebody out? What happens? Eh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I remember the entourage, you know, what the fuck's a Chuck Liddell? Mm-hmm. Whatever yep. uh, drama, parks or whatever, and then it becomes a whole thing. The, do you, you know, you have to know, at what age do you think it'll come time where a regular human could potentially uh, cause you any, like, like worry about you know like do you think like until you're 80 you could just beat the shit out of most humans walking this earth or at what point do you think like that thing you do you i assume you're not worried of anything at any point ever well if i'm 80 hopefully i'm still walking because i mean <laughs> i have so many knee surgeries that like, kind of crippled. um 
No, but uh, I don't. I don't know. Man, I never think think about that because I I try to be a lover. You know, I mean, if I'm at the bar, I'm always like, "Yeah, let me get you a beer." Like, you know, I'm not trying to like start fights like that. Like, I just, you know, just I can't, man. Just I, I'm I'm a nice guy. When you spar, are you trying to like? Are you guys actually? Yeah, we're sparring. I try to kill you. (laughs) So you go into a bar, or not into a bar, into a gym somewhere, and it's just like, all right, here we'll shut the door. Anybody can get it in here. And then you leave and it's like, all right, I'm a firefighter. Okay, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to do this whole thing. But in that, in the gym, it's like anybody can get it. The sparring partner knows and that's that's what the sparring partner is signing up for. And they're also trying to do the same to you. Is that all camp? Yep. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we want to, uh, if one of us gets hurt, like in the process of sparring, like we back off a little bit, maybe just throw jabs, kind of just get, you know, get themselves set or, uh, you have to take a break, you know, catch catch your win if they have to. Uh, but I mean, like you know, it, it, we we treat sparring like it's like a, it's like a fight. You know, you, you have to, you can't just kind of half it. Like a lot of guys don't like to spar. I mean, I, I think sparring is great because that's like you know, full like full action, dude, full Monty, I guess. Yeah, so just, you're, you're doing the whole thing. I mean, you got you got to do it. You know. Yeah, just go fight a guy. Hi. Gross. What are you doing today? Here we go. I'm gonna go fight a guy. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna easy. No, but on a serious note, though, when I spar, they're like. Like there's days where like, I have like a bad day or something, I'm not feeling it, and then I go in there, I let it all out, and I feel like a million dollars when I come out. It's like a therapeutic session for me. Yeah, you're just beating the hell out of a guy. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's so nice. Do, I assume they rotate. It's not just one person, right? I, I, hope I, so. I assume there's a rotation there. Or is your sparring partner potentially the Washington Generals? Is that a fair assessment, or is it, has it a change? Do you change out who it is? I usually change it out. Like one guy will three rounds, another guy will two, just because you know, most of those guys aren't trained for five rounds, so it's a little bit tougher for them. Will you so, use the same people for if you were to get back uh, in the ring with Francis? Yeah, yeah. Usually, or we you know, bring someone else in like for like two weeks. But usually, it's usually the same guys, just to you know keep the conditioning up, timing up, and then you know we'll bring a guy in that kind of like resembles him, like with like fighting style. So whenever you like, you don't do a lot of. Do you do a lot of kicking in your game? No. I, I mean, I should, I do, but now I don't do it in a fight. I don't know why. But I do. I swear. <laughs> like in in sparring sessions, you do a lot of kicking, but then yeah. in, in the big, you don't in the fight. You're like, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just yeah, gonna. well, I try to. I mean, it's it's worked pretty good so far, but not. <laughs> uh, do you watch what happens to Chad? Uh, what was the name where he broke? Chris, 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 Chris Weidman. Yeah, but yeah. When you terrible. see something like that, that does that that obviously like okay, maybe we don't kick as much there, or is that just uh, charge it to no, the game? It's part of the game, man. Just, you know, <laughs> break my leg or break my leg. How do you what train that? Do? Do, do you guys just kick like bamboo? How do you train your shin not to hurt soccer? Shin guards. You know why? Because it hurts like hell when you get kicked, <laughs> yeah. and you guys are yeah. just banging shins. How do, do you guys toughen them up? How do how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, you harden them. You know, you get them. You know, the more kicking you do, uh, the more you tap them and stuff like that. And stuff like you know, it just kind of deaden the, deaden the nerves on the end of them, so you don't feel it as much. Me and my coach used to grab each other by the shoulders and just kind of tap shins back and forth until oh, it broke. Geez. God. Yeah, it's like stubbing your toe repeatedly. <laughs> hey, having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How you doing? This hurts, huh? Yeah, Keep it, it won't hurt in like six months, though. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Ty, what do you have? Steepy, I'm sure you saw how awesome it was in Jacksonville with the packed house. Uh, when you come back, like, is that gonna? Are you gonna have to readjust it all to that with like not being able to hear your corner anymore? Or are you just ready for the roof to come off? Uh, you know, I'm just ready to you know get in front of the fans again. It's great. Actually, you know, I, I, at first I was like, oh, I'm okay without the fans, but then watching the fights this past weekend, I'm like, man, I do really miss the fans. They really, 
then make it something different. Is it ever weird, Stipe, in the middle of a fight? If I know this doesn't happen to you much, but it can the crowd it, like impact what's going on? I, I, do, I watch a fight, and it looks like a guy's landed a bunch of shots on somebody, but it, he's really not, and the crowd's getting into it. If you're the guy taking those shots, does that – I don't know. Like, how does that feel when the crowd is jumping on his back? And you get, I'd be pissed at the guy and the fans. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't really think about it. I just try not to get hit, you know, try to get clean. <laughs> you know, because there's like four different things you got to worry about. You're like, oh, you got to throw a head kick, you throw more punches, and you know, I'm like, because like, the, the cool thing is the fans don't, can't come in the cage and fight you too. So that's a good thing. I mean, I don't mind the booing because I've gotten, I'm, I'm allowed to swear, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'll be, I'll be walking out. People are like, hey, my God, C Bay, you're awesome. I hit one guy go, fuck you, you suck. You know, <laughs> like that. You know I mean, like, there's that one guy, you know, and it is what it is, you know. And, you know, like, last fight, like, last couple of fights in the Apex were great because I didn't hear any, none of that, you know, but, uh, I mean, it is what it is, but that's what that's what makes the sport so great is just the fans. Connor said uh, in a tweet that he was, after seeing the fans in the packed arena, he's like drooling to get back out there. Are there some fighters that, because you see some guys would be like, no, no, like they even tell, like a, a shot will hit, like I think the fans will think a shot lands to AJ's point, and the crowd will start, and you see the person like, no, 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 like you, you see like people ride the wave. Whenever you're fighting somebody who maybe is a, a little bit more of a showman fighter, I don't know if you have it all. Is there a different thought process into that thing? And, and how do you handle like the like for instance, the first fight of the night, it was two ladies in there, and it was for like five thousand fans or maybe, in there, and they just stood in there and they just decided they were just going to punch the shit out of each other. I mean, it was uh, it was the most electric Incredible. start that you could have wanted if you're Dana White and the UFC. But do you is there like a mindset going into a fight like hey, this might be a slugfest oh this one there might be a little bit more dancing is that is that all a part of it or do you just have your style and you just got to execute it well i mean you gotta have your style it's just like when you guys you know for football you guys have your you know you have your set plays or what you what they're going to do and but sometimes that they it just changes you don't know you know something like there's times where like i'm gonna do my thing but then like my first jds fight i was like i'm gonna keep my distance do my thing and then it just turned into a straight just sock and bop them just (laughs) terribleness (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean, it was like I'm really just sitting between the fourth and fifth round, go looking at myself, thinking in my mind, going, "Why am I doing this? Well, I, who wants to fight five rounds? This is so dumb!" Like, and then I get up, and there's 19,000 people on their feet standing. I'm like, "Man, this is why I do it. This is awesome." Are you not entertained? Yeah, yeah. Gladiator. Yeah, I should. I should have did that, right? And I should have said that. Yeah. You know, like, Gladiator. Was I was on. like, I couldn't see my left eye. My mouth was dropping down. <laughs> <laughs> It was, a, it was a rough night for me. Well, Steve, if you, in those moments, could remember to be a little bit more entertaining, we'd all, <laughs> we would all appreciate it, Steve. Uh, we appreciate I'm it. I'm selfish. I'm sorry. I'm selfish. I'm sorry. Uh, the podcast, Jabs. Uh, I want to get one yeah. last plug in this. And it's you and a couple of your friends chatting, right? That's just kind of yep. what it is, the basis of the yeah, whole thing? Yeah, I mean, we had, we, we had a couple fans. Uh, a, couple fans a, couple, a couple guests on. With, uh, we had uh, Jimmy Piven. And, uh, oh, 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 Ari was yeah. on there? Yeah. Wow, so he, was, he was actually at first in studio too. So it's uh, it's great. You know, we just um, uh, just kind of getting our bearings straight, understanding everything, knowing you know, knowing everything that's going on and how to do everything, and just uh, so now we have more, you know, more uh, more guests on. So we're excited. We're, we're loving it. It's, it's just fun. You know, we just uh, we have our topics we talk about, which we kind of go from one to something totally different. And, you know, we're it's, it's awesome. I love it. So uh, it's actually a lot of fun. All right, well, keep crushing it. We appreciate it. It's great content. We see clips, get clips from the things. We'll continue to grow. Can't wait to watch you. Ladies and gentlemen, Cleveland Browns fan, greatest heavyweight fighter in the world, Steve Amiel. Yeah! 
All right, that's the show. We appreciate you guys for listening, subscribing, spreading it, word of mouth. If you like today's show, uh, please tell a friend. If you didn't, just keep it moving. We've got another good one for you tomorrow. And then once again, the Draft Spectacular on Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, We appreciate the hell out of you all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Cheers. (laughs) 